Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's Max on this side, it's Mike on the other side, and we have another special guest today. It's Albert. Uh, Albert is the founder of Circuit Mess. Um, there's a lot of great stories around Albert. I've indirectly met him a few months ago at the Sigma Squared Summit, and um, I've been quite impressed about what he has done um, with uh, specifically his robotic toy car that he's probably going to tell us more about it, but there's much more uh, behind Albert and, 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 and his company. So Albert, uh, it's great to have you here and uh, yeah. welcome, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, it's a shame we did manage to uh, grab some beverages at the Sigma Squared Summit, but it's you know very cool talking to you guys here. Likewise, likewise. Yes, definitely. I mean, there's always a second time. So I'm sure uh, after this virtual meeting, we will have another in-person meeting at some point. Yeah, uh, for I think sure. you're based in, in Croatia right now, right? Can you maybe give yeah. us a bit of kind of insight on where you're sitting right now, what you're doing, like where you're based? Yeah, so I'm currently at the Circuit Mess, uh, Circuit Mess's office at uh, Zagreb, Croatia. So Zagreb is the capital city of Croatia. I was actually born and raised in a very small city here in Croatia called Karlovac. And then like two years ago, I have moved my business to the capital city because I wanted to find new talent for my business, you know, new business partners, new colleagues that are going to help me bring my vision to life. And yeah, um, currently I'm um, sitting here and working on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm uh, basically you know, running the business and trying to um, close my first round of fundraising. So it's very dynamic and very interesting for me at this uh, point of time and um, oh yeah the, the Batmobile the robotic car thing we are currently working on it and it's set to uh, be delivered to the customers in July this year um, yeah awesome yeah we're definitely going to cover a bit more about uh, the, the the Batmobile of course um, can you maybe give us a bit of kind of background um, you, you mentioned that you kind of grew up in a, in a small village. Yeah. How how did this whole thing appear from you growing up in, in a small village to now kind of building circuitness? What happened? In yeah, it, it wasn't a village. It was a city. Uh, a city. Your okay. pardon? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it was very small, 50,000 people. You know, it's a very, it was a, a very small city. Uh, so yeah, a bit, a bit of a background and an origin story. So I'm currently 23 years old. Um, I'm running CircuitMess. Uh, it's a startup that I have founded uh, four and a half years ago uh, here in Croatia. Um, CircuitMess, the name comes from two words. Uh, the, the word circuit, which means like electronic circuits. That's what we do. That's what we like. That's what I like. And the word mess, because you know, when, at the time when I was coming up with the name, the company was in a mess. So it was quite funny to me at that point. I was I was 18, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so um, it all started with a Kickstarter campaign for my first product. It was a uh, game console that people were assembling themselves. So sort of like an educational toy disguised as a game console. And I have launched on Kickstarter and uh, collected some somewhere around $100,000 of uh, pre-orders and that's why i decided to drop out of college and uh, pursue my dream of becoming an entrepreneur so here i am most people at least that we know and that i think most people in general nowadays are usually building software businesses when they're building startups but you are building hardware businesses right 
So how <laughs> how did you end up on the hardware side of things? Like, tell us a bit. Yeah, more that's about that. yeah, that's a good question. I'm getting asked that quite a lot. Um, so. From a very young age, I was very, you know, I was thrilled with taking things apart. Uh, my father uh, is an engineer, mechanical engineer, and he was always giving us, um, like, we, we never threw away some kind of a kitchen appliance without opening it first. Like, no electronic device could go out of our household uh, when it broke down without us uh, taking it apart. So that made a huge impact on me. And when I was somewhere around 11 years old, I started going to electronics and robotics competitions. Uh, first, you know, at Croatia. And after that, to some international ones. And I was having so much fun. You know, I was enjoying electronics so much. Uh, because there was nothing like that at school. So every day after school, I uh, I came home and I was spending hours and hours building my own devices. And it didn't really come to me naturally. Like I didn't have um, a, um, a strong will to start a business because my parents, they weren't entrepreneurs. And I wasn't really surrounded by entrepreneurs here in Croatia. Um, so I was basically just building stuff and having fun. And then at some point I started taking those devices that I was creating to some innovation fairs and maker fairs and stuff like that. And at some point I built this prototype of a game console and quite a lot of people were interested in it. I was approached by my first uh, um, angel investor to be, and uh, he sort of like became my mentor. And that's what you know motivated me to actually start with the whole business and to try if uh, if this is an actual business. Um, I would say like the turning point of the whole thing was when I launched this first Kickstarter campaign. So the Kickstarter campaign, um, I wasn't really sure what to expect, you know, and uh, I, I viewed it as some kind of an experiment. Like, let's do this Kickstarter and see where it goes. And it was quite well accepted. I saw that there was a huge market for it because everyone was talking about STEM and education. And in, in this whole, you know, as you said, everyone is building apps. And I actually saw this opportunity in not building an app and actually building a product that's going to teach children in a hands-on way. Yeah. Hey, Albert, I mean, uh, super interesting story. Uh Thanks for kind of giving us a bit of bit of background. Um, I, it's quite cool how you kind of evolved further and 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 started from kind of testing out early things with electronics, of course, with the help of your dad, and then now building the business. Can you like do you still remember what the first device was that you've actually built yourself? Can you still remember that? And and can you recall the story? <laughs> yeah, I think I was building like toy cars, which is actually quite interesting since my latest product was a toy car. But I actually started by building these cars which were very stupid they just had a motor a simple battery and a switch and you flip the switch and you let the car you know uh go and then like i was uh, uh i was riding those cars as tiny toy, toy cars um at the parking lot in front of our uh building apartment you know and it was it was so remarkable to me you know like you build something yourself you flip the switch and it works it was amazing, you know, and with circuitness, I'm sort of 
solving this problem uh, that uh, little Albert actually had. I'm solving this problem where I was so bored with school where and where they would just give us textbooks and we just had to memorize things and i was so bored and after school i was building something with my own hands and i feel that there is quite a lot of children at the world right now that feel the same way and i'm trying to change that i'm trying to change the way we teach children about technology uh yeah can you elaborate a bit more what that actually means for the product that you're selling? How are you teaching children? What is it? Just give us the detailed breakdown. Yeah. So basically what we do, we uh, take a very complex technological topic like AI or computer vision or electronics or microcomputers. And then we build a product around them. For example, uh, the game console thing, it's, not about you know gaming it's actually about learning how a game console works how a computer works how game graphics work and what components are needed for um, an electronic device to actually you know do something smart um, and that's what we have been doing for the past four and a half years we have built quite a few products so far the first one was the game console called maker buino after that, we built a mobile phone uh, that actually makes calls that's intended to show people that mobile phones can be built by them and not just, you know, in factories in China. Um, and after that, we have created a uh, subscription service called CircuitMess Stembox, where people subscribe and they get a new product every three months. And every single product is based around a certain topic. Like the first one was based around speech synthesis. And it was like a do-it-yourself Amazon Alexa. It was called Spencer. It had this wacky name and wacky personality. And after that, we made a DJ mix table that was uh, teaching children about uh, sound synthesis. And then we have created a small uh, toy car with a camera that drives around. So, you know, uh, that, that's what we do, yeah. Got it. And like, how did you like, why did you decide to like call like your next car, like the bad mobile mobile? I think like what's what's the English term? I only know the, the German one. Oh, yeah, the bad mobile. Yeah. So that's a uh, this, that was the latest product. And it was a partnership with uh, Warner Brothers. So we have basically negotiated um, a licensing deal with them because we wanted to try something new. We wanted to see if um, if connecting our products with a very popular uh, comic book and movie character is going to um, help us you know, reach our vision of making technology fun and accessible. So we have basically come up with this toy car, which looks like the iconic car that Batman drives, so Batmobile. And we have negotiated the license. We are actually the single, the only company um, in our region that has gotten a global licensing agreement from Warner. So we are very proud with that. And we have created this tiny ro robot car, but we have put a camera on it and a dual core CPU so that it can drive around autonomously. So this whole product is based all around um, uh, autonomous driving and autonomous vehicles. And we basically want to show children that autonomous driving is something they can code themselves and 
actually understand how a Tesla works. Yeah. Okay, that that does sound pretty cool. Maybe uh, I know that Max has a lot of questions when it comes to the product, but be before that, maybe one more follow up on the on the Batmobile. How? Yeah, sure, sure. How did you negotiate? Like, I mean, it's a very common way of like building products, especially in the toy sector, to use licenses from established yeah. companies, right? Yes, yeah. it's easier to sell those toys just because there's already established like established brand, there's recognition. But how did you go about actually negotiating that license? Like, what was the process like? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? And How long did it take? Just lead us through that, especially as like a, a fairly young entrepreneur dealing with a like multinational yeah. conglomerate. Yeah, it was quite scary at first. And this whole product, it actually started as a joke. You know, we were uh, at one point, we built some kind of a prototype of a car that sort of like it looked like a Batmobile and we were joking that it's a Batmobile. And then I actually started researching about licensing and whether it really could be a Batmobile because, you know, as you said, I've seen a lot of toys that were uh, being sold around by I don't know, Hasbro and companies like such that are mostly licensed. Um, um, and at first, you know, I, I thought that there was no, no, no possibility that it can actually happen. But at one point we, actually started researching and looking if we can get in touch with Warner. And of course, the biggest question was how to get in touch with Warner. Like you cannot just send an email to contact at warnerbros.com and expect a reply. <laughs> so we actually managed to find a lady uh, that uh, uh, was, uh, she, she is actually responsible for this whole Adriatic region. And we found her on LinkedIn and we have managed to get a intro from a, uh, a uh, guy that was working with her before and that's how it all started and it was a very long process where we were we had to pitch it um, to multiple people we had to basically it was like fundraising of, of sorts like you create um, some kind of a financial projection you create a pitch a concept of what you want to do and then Warner needs to decide if they want to give it to you. And the first thing that we were actually said is there's no way you could get a global deal because they usually only give regional deals. It's less of a risk to Warner because they, of course, need to be aware of the risks and they need to, um, you know, carefully give their licenses to someone in order for them to you know sort of like preserve their image um and but you know we were saying like a global deal is a must-have for us because we sell our stuff all around the world mostly to the united states and europe but also like to australia and to japan and stuff like that um so fast forward you know we have made a lot of pitches and i think probably because This lady that we have actually approached here, that uh, she, she's Croatian, uh, and she already knew about our startup. This sort of like helped because we had a very um, sort of like, you know, inspirative story where we were trying to help children learn. Uh, this helped us a lot, but also, you know, people there that we were talking with at Warner They were so thrilled with the whole idea of having a very cool Batmobile driving around with the camera. You know, it was so cool to them that they were pushing internally 
to make this deal happen. You know, we didn't just come there and say, you know, we want to put a logo on a t-shirt and that's it. We wanted to create something very unique, something that's going to blend the two brands, you know, and, and we actually, you know, managed to, to go through it. So I was actually quite surprised because we were, we are so small compared to Warner and, Basically, we had zero negotiating power <laughs> around the whole thing, uh, but we have still managed to um, to strike a deal that's quite good for both sides, I would say. And and how do they how do they support now? Like, do they? Uh, is it of course on the one hand it's the licensing, and is there also some kind of supply chain effort involved that they help you with you know, the delivery, or is that still up to you? Or where 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 does the collaboration start and where does it stop? Basically, what was uh, the negotiation negotiation here? Yeah, so basically it works in a way that they um, offer they they license um, their intellectual property to us. Uh, but you know, we aren't just selling their intellectual property. We have created a unique product that had to blend our idea with their IP. Uh, so they were heavily involved in this whole process of uh, building this whole thing with us, you know, supplying us with materials and everything and uh, verifying every single step of the way. Um, they are not helping us anything uh, related to supply chain and the delivery of the products. This is something that we need to figure out ourselves, but they uh, do have a very big network of um, retailers that they work with. And that's something that they are helping us with. Although, you know, the product is still not ready for shipment. So I have very little experience of it actually, you know, selling uh, at retailers because we still need to fulfill the Kickstarter rewards first and then put it on the store shelves. Got it. Let's talk about distribution a little bit. But before that, you mentioned supply chain a couple of times and I think yeah. Alex brought it up. I mean, probably everyone knows who listens to the podcast that supply chains are struggling a lot right now and it's very difficult to get parts for like many many products that are being built and everything's slower and more expensive mm. are you noticing that at all because like we are in the software world we don't really notice it other than that prices in general are going up for consumers yeah you guys so, are so lucky Getting laptops is quite hard, I heard. <laughs> and graphic cards. That's that's what that's where I notice it. Graphic cards are like very expensive and almost impossible to get. Yeah, but graphic cards, they were an issue before the whole component crisis because of, you know, uh, Bitcoin mining and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, Actually, yeah. Ethereum mining, to be more precise. Uh, so it was an ongoing issue. But yeah, it's an issue that's just getting worse as a result of everything. But yeah, it's uh, the supply chain, it's affecting us greatly. It really, it really is. I'm not in business, you know, for a long time. I have just been doing this for four and a half, almost five years. It's not a long time to, you know, in in, uh, in, in someone's career. Know. Sounds like um, a long time for a 23 year old, at least to me. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. You know, that's <laughs> I have been doing it since I was 18. But what, what I'm trying to tell you is that it has been very very different uh, in 2017 or 2018 compared to now. And yeah, of course, we um, feel the whole supply chain crumbling down. Um, we have actually been feeling it since like January 2020 when 
COVID started in China and everything uh, shut down for a certain period of time. We were having some, you know, like very interesting stories where, I don't know, you have a product and you have a plastic uh, joystick cap for the product. And this factory, there is just like a single factory that's producing those plastic parts and it shuts down and you cannot find the product anywhere. So you basically have to find uh, a company and that's going to help you make a similar knob and uh, sort of like uh, make a copy that's going to uh, help you sell the product because there is no other way that you can like continue selling the product and it's a a stupid part of like five cents you know this those things were happening to us and this whole supply chain uh crisis it nobody was actually talking about it until like march uh last year because the auto automobile industry it's uh, suffered heavily, you know, and everyone started talking about how there are no chips and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we are uh, feeling that and it's very annoying to be honest. Um, I mean, this whole, so this, this whole crisis and people imagine it as, uh, as, as, as it like nothing being in stock, but it's not like that. It's a bit more flaky. Like this month, you know, the situation is good with, Let's take, for example, uh, I don't know, semiconductors of this sort. But next month, they are out of stock. But the month after that, it's all back to normal. So it's flake, you know, it's all unbalanced. And some very, uh, I would say, there's some surprising shortages. Like, for example, currently, I cannot um, uh, fulfill some orders because I'm waiting for cardboard boxes, you know, and it's... Uh, a shortage that has been going on for like a year uh, because apparently everyone is using drop shipping and there is a uh, th- th- there is not enough cardboard being produced in the world. <laughs> so that's very interesting. So yeah, it's it's very um, uh, it's very tiring. It's very um, you know very uh, uh, it, it's it's challenging. It's challenging, and also the other thing that has been challenging. Uh, quite challenging for us was um, all the changes in uh, uh, privacy relating to like social media, especially with the iOS update. Um, you know, it's it's making quite a lot of um, difficulties, quite a lot of challenges uh, are being thrown ahead of you because of that. And there isn't really anything that you can do to change those things. Like you cannot affect the semiconductor crisis. But the only thing that you can do as a startup, you can keep being flexible and you can, you know, sort of like figure out creative solutions to that. So in our case, you know, we are sort of like aware of this crisis all the time and we are um, finding, you know, substitutes of um, of some very, you know, key components that in a case uh, a semiconductor goes out of stock, we can replace it easily, you know, and continue selling the product. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for sharing a bit because I, I'm sure anyone that's kind of building hardware products or is wanting to build one uh, is kind of probably going to struggle at some point with that. And 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 it's good to get your experience. Uh, just kind yeah. of taking a step back because I'm I'm quite fascinated by the way that kind of you talked about how young people are benefiting from from your product as they learn more about AI. Uh, audio synthesis and and different other aspects of technology that are of course 
uh, hot and very interesting to to young people. Um, how like because at the end of the day, the, lots of these technologies are quite comp complex at, at 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 its heart and and can get very complex. Of course, the deeper you go into it. Yeah. Um, how how can how can like the listeners and we understand um, how the the young people are actually using it? Like, can you walk us a bit through the journey of kind of the young person opening the package to having maybe better understood technologies such as AI at some at some point in time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, the way it works, um, a person orders a pack of uh, electronic components from our store. For example, a game console or something. We receive this box and the box contains everything they need to learn about electronics, to learn about uh, um, how to actually build their own product. It also includes tools and it includes a, um, a very small tutorial booklet that's sending them to more tutorials online. So they go online, they enter our community of builders. This is something that's very important to us, like this community aspect, because uh, the community is where people you know, talk and mingle and learn. And they build their own devices. After they build their device, they feel the joy and pride of actually having something built on their own, for example, a game console. And it works as soon as they as soon as they assemble it, it plays games. But the next step is to actually connect it to their computer and to follow tutorials on how to code it. We have an app that we are developing. It's called Circuit Blocks. And this app, you basically drag and drop blocks uh, that help children code in a uh, simple way that's, you know, you, you can basically do something with just a few clicks and it's going to work and show some very fast results. And after, you know, those uh, uh, customers that have entered the community and assembled their devices, after, after they, you know, are uh, kind of experienced enough, they become the rock stars for the newcomers. They help the newcomers uh, assemble their own devices and learn about tech and learn and, and show their creations. Like, for example, in a case of a game console, they share their own games on our forum and on our Discord group and Facebook group and stuff like that. Um, also, after that, you know, those customers, they go back to the store and they uh, go for a new box, for a new challenge, for a new uh, pack of electronics is going to teach them about something new. Uh, sometimes we try to uh, make our devices work together so that customers can have some kind of a... Uh, increased value. For example, our game console can be connected with the car to basically form a duo, a combo where you can control the car with the game console using Wi-Fi. So that's cool. Um, and also a very important part is that we design all of our devices according to the feedback from the, from the community. So it's sort of like a process that's going back and forth. We're trying to do to create something that people actually like, you know, um, one more thing that I actually wanted to say is, so it might sound that COVID only brought bad things to our business um, because of all of the supply chain issues and everything, but it's, it didn't really bring just the bad things. I mean, obviously COVID was a bad thing, but it opened a new opportunity for us because um, everyone is learning at home nowadays. 
And I really feel that when you isolate those children at their homes and when they are just uh, learning something on their laptops, they lag the motoric skills. They're not doing anything by their hands. And we have actually seen some substantial growth in 2021 just because, you know, people are buying this to build this at with their children at home. You know, quite a lot of parents are trying to sort of like homeschool their children and give them something because they don't want them to lack those skills that can be acquired by building something physical, you know. Yeah, that's that's very that makes sense to me. And I think honestly, if students, especially like maybe not really early on, but then at some point would do more projects and less classroom based, we look at this book and try to memorize things, as you mentioned earlier, learning, they yeah. would be much smarter when they left school and they would learn so much more. So I think project based learning is definitely something that's already being explored by many educators who are who just realize that the current model isn't really giving the students what they necessarily need to yeah. learn the skills that they need nowadays and i i could go into lots of different directions but before i ask my next question this is one of the times where i'm very sad that this is not a visual podcast but just an <laughs> audio-based yeah. podcast because seeing <laughs> the products for yourself is pretty cool so everyone who's listening you can just google uh batmobile kickstarter and you end up on the kickstarter page and see like lots of pictures and videos yeah. or go to circuitness.com we have all the products there even um, better you Circuit. don't have to buy anything by the way just look at them yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you uh, i mean if you have children who want to learn and build then you can also buy it uh, my personal my personal recommendation yeah. at least but for now like take a look because looking at these products make it makes it way more real and it, it just shows how impressive it is as a product especially a product that children can assemble on their own which is pretty crazy to me and i think it's it's definitely something that a whole generation of like engineering nerds nowadays would have loved to have as a child yeah. so definitely yeah, great true great on that like one thing that you mentioned because you you mentioned learning at home did you ever work with schools or try to sell it to schools or have some partnerships or is it mostly just direct to consumer right now yeah i mean of course that's that's a that's a question that you would naturally ask um schools sound like a way to go uh we did talk with schools especially at the very beginning of uh of my journey and i was actually um i i, I imagined you know circuit masses growth completely differently i thought that we are going to be heavily involved with schools and the educational system but i was quite um surprised you know to see that schools and the educational system in every single country not just in croatia or in europe or like basically anywhere it's very slow you know to very non-adaptive to changes and what i found out is that if you want to change the curriculum if you want to put some kind of a new product or some new methodology in a curriculum this takes years to happen you know and if you have a startup you need to pay salaries every single month and i'm also a very um unpatient person myself so i sort of like figured out you know 
this is not working for us. Let's focus on B2C sales. And that's how we have been growing our business. 90% of our sales come from our web shop. We heavily rely on performance marketing and on building long-term customers. We have people that have been hanging out with us for four, five years now, you know, I wouldn't really call them customers. I would call them, I don't know, like friends at this point. Basically, every single stuff that I create, they buy this and they 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 they, they basically you know are heavily involved in the development of new products. You know, I have a special chat group with them and stuff like that. Uh, but I would definitely love to go and try and change the educational system and by you know um, putting my products out there, of course. Of course, that's something that I would definitely love to do. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Selling to schools and then depending on where you are, you can't even sell to schools. You need to sell to school districts or the government agencies. It's rough and takes forever. Yeah. So <laughs> I was actually, yeah. you know, I was having some, we were having some uh, success with private schools uh, because they are way more responsive, yeah. flexible. You know, they have a couple of people, usually a private school has a couple of, you know, people that are decision makers, and then can, they can make the decision whether they're going to change the curriculum for the next semester or not, you know, and this is usually going fast, much faster than uh, governmental uh, schools. And I don't know, like, that's that's an issue, not just with STEM, that's issue with that, that's an issue with with everything, but especially with technology, because when you go to a school or to college, you're already learning something that's, that's already, you know, obsolete because the technology is progressing so fast. It's quite hard for a teacher or, uh, you know, someone working at the college. It's quite hard to keep up with all the changes. You know, if you look at how the phones evolved in the last like 10 years, 10 years ago, we had, you know, those feature phones. Uh, they, the, the novelty was if it had a camera or I don't know, something. And if you look at what we have now, you know, so it's, it's quite, quite remarkable in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it probably depends a lot on kind of where where schools are heading. I think you can generally see, even in Germany, that um, like teachers are struggling to move in the direction of fully enabling iPads and, and iPhones across the classroom. So I can see how it can even be more difficult establishing such kind of technologies within the school environment. And I think it's even better than to offer it as a Kind of B2C, um, uh, let's say, offer to 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 students, young people that are generally interested in in learning something new about STEM and, and getting deeper into technology. Uh, so thanks for sharing that a bit. Just one last question, because we head off to the kind of final um, fast, oh, yeah, sure. fast, fast wrapping questions. Wow. Can you give us a bit of? <laughs> I was just very curious, kind of when when you were talking. Of course, you you actually build these things, right? And you have a team um, that yeah. is kind of working hard to to build these hardware products. How does mm -hmm. how, can can you give us an insight on how this looks like in the office? Are people sitting there, kind of building the materials, uh, conducting them together? Like, can you give us a bit of a sense on kind of how the office chaos looks like at your office? Because it's probably very different to a traditional or to not a traditional, but to a to a software company where basically 90 to 100% are working at computers uh, building software, yeah. whereas you have a lot of that hardware component. How does how does that look like? Yeah, I actually, I, I really enjoy giving uh, tours of my office because uh, 
I actually have something to show, unlike you software folks that just have fancy MacBooks and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we, awesome. we lots have... of screens, lots of screens as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting for us. Is so just just a small anecdote on this. So when everything. When basically when when shit hit the fan with COVID last year, we tried working from home because it was an all-out panic. And I said like, okay, guys, we are working from home. Everyone's working from home, and it wasn't working for us because we are creating these hardware products. And for example, you have a designer of a circuit board or something. He or she builds a circuit board, and then. Uh, the person needs to work with a software developer to test the circuit board. And this process, it needs to go back and forth. Like if something is not working, they need to debug it together and stuff like that. We tried doing this remotely and it wasn't working. You basically, we were just emailing each other packages uh, <laughs> every single day. <laughs> and like someone receives a prototype and then it, 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 the person plugs it in their computer and says, doesn't work and then sends it back, you know? And then that's when I said like, okay, guys, this is not working. We just need to work uh, from an office if we want to make these products. And that's, that's sort of like something I like. That's It's a blessing and a curse at the same time uh, about this whole um business that I'm in. Uh, so the, the way this whole office works, so we have a couple of um, rooms, you know, where different teams uh, sit. We have an, uh, a room for admin, finance, sales, and marketing. This room is looking like your average software agency. So people with laptops, uh, you know, and uh, stuff on their table, like I don't know, pictures and stuff like that. And they're trying to do all the non-hardware work. And then we have this big room, which we call the research and development open space. Over there, we have like five software developers and three hardware developers. The software developers, they have computers, but they also have all of these um, cool um, things like programmers that are linking the devices to the PCs and, you know, some instruments and the hardware folks, they have full tables of uh, a bunch of tools. Usually, you know, we use the soldering stations, and, but we also have some other tools like drills, uh, 3D printers and stuff like that. And then we have a room where we actually do some small batch manufacturing because we uh, need to get a new product out there every every three months because of this subscription service. That's why we produce small batches in our um, headquarters. So we have this room where we have a uh, pick and place line. So for those of you who do not know what a pick and place line is, it's basically a setup for um, putting the microchips onto the circuit boards, onto the motherboards. Uh, so this is what we do in-house uh, because it's a very delicate process that needs to be heavily quality controlled. So this whole thing consists of three machines. One is applying the solar paste. The other one is putting the chips. It also has some cameras and computer vision. You can probably Google the thing. It's quite hard to explain it. And the final one is like a big um, oven with a conveyor belt that's taking all of these circuit boards and heating them up for the solar to melt. Uh, we also have a big laser cutter. So it's a machine that takes big plates of plastic and it uses a laser to cut those plates and produces casings for our devices. So these uh, plastic parts, they are usually 
they they give the this recognizable feel to our devices because all of our devices are are transparent with a reason i wanted to make them you know appear as people can look at the innards of the device and see that they have made it themselves you know this is something that i really disliked about all the technology when i was a child you know we have all of those uh casings that hide the innards so i wanted to change this at my at the devices that i have created um and we also have a big uh space we call it the production and quality control room this is basically where all the logistics and the final packing and delivery happens uh, we have a team of people working there uh doing all the paperwork and finding the uh, most profitable uh shipping route for shipping all of the products but also a new thing that's happening to us we are not uh, holding all of the stock in our office we actually uh work with amazon's warehousing services right now and we keep stock in their warehouses for example in the US UK and Germany so that we can deliver the products products locally and provide even faster service to the customers because everyone's apparently uh expecting a single day delivery nowadays yeah um so yeah that's yeah, a short overview people, people are impatient and i i i i would have so many additional questions but we are almost at time so no this podcast was great i really enjoyed uh, talking with you guys your questions are great thank you for uh, inviting me and everything i really hope that this is going to bring some new insight because i understand not everyone is building hardware so yeah <laughs> good to hear that okay um awesome cool. maybe just as a just a albert as a, as a final question um can you like usually at the the final question is always if there's any kind of book that you can recommend to our listeners anything from your any book that you have read about entrepreneurship hardware whatever it is that has inspired you kind of to take on your path anything that you can recommend as a last last thing oof that's a that's a very hard one um yeah i mean i'm i'm generally a very impatient person that usually manages to read an article and not the whole book but a book that i have been reading recently as uh, venture deals uh, because i'm heavily invested in uh, trying to do my first round of fundraising to accelerate the growth of my company um so i would probably recommend that to anyone who is trying to do any kind of fundraising it's it it's really you know helping me a lot because it's a very complex space to understand especially if you do not understand all the lingo uh behind it you can easily get lost um so yeah this this one is something that probably is on top of my mind right now yeah venturedius has a lot of good explanations of the terms and technicalities as you mentioned for yeah. for strategy often as you mentioned articles are pretty good Uh, when it comes yeah i mean it's quite interesting how much you can actually find online i mean oh, yeah. i'm actually quite I'm quite impressed like you go to for example youtube and you have like those really amazing um youtube channels explaining everything from electronics to fundraising to something else but usually they have videos with around i don't know 15000 likes or views or something like that you know they're not very popular and then you have something related to minecraft and it has like 10 million views so yeah you you probably need to filter it a bit if you want to uh yeah 
yeah, you can see where the priorities are. But yeah, niche YouTube channels are also great. But yeah, like, by the way, like, sorry for dropping, like, my headphone disconnected when I tried to do the wrap-up, which is why um, Albert was so nice, <laughs> did the wrap-up spontaneously, and Max was a bit confused. So that was on me. Sometimes oh, technology no doesn't work as it's intended. But yeah, Albert, it was a pleasure to have you on. Thanks yeah, thank you very much. More about what you're building. Um, again, everyone, if you want to take a look, um, look at circuitmass.com. And you will find lots of very interesting, very cool products. And I'm very excited for the continued growth. And I'm looking forward to what you're building next. Hope you have a good rest of your week. Yeah, thank yes. you. Thank you very much. And yeah, let's, let's stay in touch, guys. Bye-bye. See you, Albert. Thanks.